It's important for us to understand the price of discipleship. I want you to understand that as we leave because following Jesus would undoubtedly require us to give up some things. The price of discipleship is our understanding of what is it that I need to deny myself that I may have more of Christ. The price may seem hefty, but the reward outweighs our wildest imaginations. Pastor Martin discusses the price of following Jesus in Luke chapter 9, verses 23 through 26. And let's listen as Pastor Martin explains. One of the things that you'll find if you ever have a desire to build or accomplish something significant, one of the first considerations that must be made is what will it take for me to accomplish it? But there's also a second question that must be added to those considerations, and that is how much will it cost in order to accomplish this great endeavor? It's important to understand this because God, when he desired to fix the breach or repair the breach between he and man, as he began to understand what it would take to reconcile mankind back to himself, and while he was designing this plan to do so, he took these very two questions into account. What will it take for me to accomplish it, and how much is it going to cost? Jesus, when now given the assignment, had to take the same two questions into account. When the father came and said, here is my plan for fixing the breach and reconciling mankind back to myself, he said, here's the plan. And Jesus took the, the assignment as assigned, even though he knew that in there, when it came to the price there was a crucifying cross that he would have to endure in order to pay the price. And yet he proceeded nonetheless. Having completed now the plan that the father had and paid the price, the cost of what it would take, he now exclaims and compels us today with this. I have paid the price. So salvation for you is free. But for you to follow me and be my disciple, there's going to be a cost. That salvation is free. Jesus has paid it all. The songwriter said Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. I don't have to pay the price. However, if I'm going to follow him, it's going to cost me something. So as, as I said, the sermon series is the way of the cross. And essentially we must understand that the way of the cross is one of dying to self and being more alive to Christ. Dying to self and being more alive to Christ. And we call that process of dying to self and being more alive to Christ sanctification. Sanctification is the process of me dying 
to self and becoming more alive unto God. And the course of sanctification, the process or the course of sanctification we call discipleship. So while I am being at, while I'm dying to myself and becoming more alive to Christ, I become more and more like him because I follow him and his example. If we were to define discipleship today, we would use these terms. We would say it's a condition or the situation of being a disciple, a follower or a student of. a follower or a student of. So based upon that definition, we can deduce that a disciple is a follower and discipleship is the process of learning how to follow. Okay, we got it. So, so, so if I am a disciple and I'm in the process of discipleship, I'm learning, I am now essentially learning how to follow Jesus. And as I continue the process of learning how to follow him, I become more sanctified or set apart for his purpose. This aligns with one of the primary focuses here at Amity Bible Church. We say every Sunday we're striving to be the church that Christ intended it to be. But we also say as a part of our mission, we are striving to develop committed followers of Christ. This falls under the portion of our mission statement that says knowing God. Because the more I know him, I strive to be like him, and the more I become like him, I look more like a disciple. So then now you understand when you go to our website and you see the 30 essentials of a committed life, which we're in one of those this Sunday, this week, this month rather, identity. 30 essentials of a committed life. A committed life is a life that is committed to following Christ. Jesus defines discipleship in our text today. And he defines it in terms of self-denial. Let's go back and look in the text. Look at verse 23a. Let's look at the A portion of 23. He says, then he said to them, if anyone desires to come after me, we know that discipleship is follow. Come after me is follow me, right? Let him do what? Deny himself. See, Jesus said, fellowship can only happen with denying. Because if I'm going to come, you know how it is. If you, you have anyone, if anyone here have, have a dog? Okay. Uh, 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 and big or small, no matter what, we don't have one. But I watch dog, dog lovers and they walk with the dog. And one of the things I discover is that they have on a leash and the dog never seems to want to go in the same direction as the owner. Even the small little chihuahua, he's struggling. <laughs> he's trying to go this way. And the owner's going left. Because one of the things we understand that it takes a process of understanding the significance of following. 
I've also watched owners, I guess they've sent them to training school or something, but they take the leash off. Rover, here. And Rover comes to sit down. Says, oh, look at that. No, Rover, stop. He, he, he stops. He looks around. Because they've learned to follow the voice. They've learned to follow the voice of the one to whom they belong. That's what discipleship is. Now, we must understand there's an observation we must make today because uh, if we don't make this observation, we will we'll misunderstand what we mean by the way of the cross. So the, the observation we must make is that the cross, when Jesus speaks of the cross, he's always speaking of the cross as an instrument of death. Death. So he says in the B portion of verse 23, let's look at there. He says, take up his cross daily and follow me. So he says, every day you got to be dying to your will and becoming alive unto his. Because crucifixion, we know the cross is related to crucifixion. Cross was cruci Christ was crucified on the cross. Crucifixion is a method of capital punishment. It's a means of killing. So when he says, you want to follow me, you're going to have to be willing to die to something. Does it mean you're dead, you're walking around, and you don't have any, any, any idea of what's going on? No, but each time you find that your will competes with God's will, God's will, you have to say, okay, God, I die to my will. Oh, I love Brother Charles Conley. He, he's one of our elders here, and, 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 and I like to pick on him because he does not let you forget that when God was calling him to be an elder, he didn't want it. He'll say, God got done whipping me. I submitted. Because at some point, he could have just said, hey, he could become a good one. You know, anyone ever had a child or knew a child? It may not be your child. I know you got a good children, but you know a child. <laughs> that it seemed like spanking or punishment didn't do them no good. Seemed like they, had, they needed one good one to go to sleep every day. Like, son, oh, come here. Now he can go on and go to sleep. But Brother Charles said, I had to finally say, not my will, but your will. That guides me. He said, amen. He's over there. He said, he always talked about still having the bruises. <laughs> and he's not talking about a literal whipping. He's saying that God continued to work on him to help him to understand that you, if you belong to me, I have some things I want you to do that may not align with the things you want to do. Which that guides us to our first point for the day because we talk, we're talking about identity. And so one of the first things that we deal with when we come to Christ is what I want to call a identity dichotomy. An identity dichotomy. Because what's going to happen in every new Christian's life, a new truly born again Christian's life, they're going to come to a point in which they will have a crisis. And the crisis will be trying to still identify 
with the old self-centered, self-indulgent, and personal righteous way, or to identify now with the cross of Christ and the posture of letting him lead me. So we have this dichotomy that ends up happening because I know this other stuff that I'm familiar with, but what God is wanting for me to do doesn't look like what I used to do. We're helped by, by the Apostle Paul in this, in this sense. Because in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, here's what the Apostle Paul declares to the, Galatia, the church at Galatia. He says, I have been crucified. There that word is. Crucifixion. Crucif I've been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who lives, but Christ is living in me. See the dichotomy there? I, I came into this world living my way, doing it my way, but now I've got Jesus' spirit in me. I've got to now start to wrestle with what I used to do. And the life which I now live in this flesh, I'm still in the same body. Still got the same stuff that tempts me. Still got the same people that want to call me. Still want to hook up with me. <laughs> they still think I'm hot sauce. But I have to now understand the life I'm now living is not that life. But the life I now live in this flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me, watch this now, and gave himself. See, I give myself away because he gave himself away for me. He didn't have to die. He, did, he chose to. There's another verse of the Apostle Paul. He hears the church over in Colossians. He says this in, verse, in, in the third chapter of Colossians. Verses 1 through 3, he says it this way. If you then have been raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. Where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God. So you got to start asking yourself, if I'm going to go do this, if Jesus was in town as my guest for the weekend, could he go? Okay, watch it now. Watch it, Jesus. You're in town for the weekend. You know, it's my weekend, Jesus. And then you got to ask yourself, if I go to do this, could I ask Jesus to participate? Well, pastor, I guess he could if he wanted to. But the question, does he want to? Then verse 2 says, set your mind on things above, not on the things of the earth. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. He said, it ain't yours anymore. If you are truly born again, your life belongs to Jesus. And Jesus, is, Jesus actually addresses this identity crisis. Slide down to verse 26. We'll come back and work our way back down, but I want you to go all the way down to verse 26. Luke 9 and 26. Look what Jesus says. Whoever is ashamed of me and my words of him, the son of man, he says, when I come to collect the church, he says, when the son of man comes, we'll be ashamed of him. When he comes in his own glory and in his father's and the, the holy angels, he says, when I come with the angels to collect those that belong to me, I'll be ashamed of. That person is ashamed of me. 
So he says, understand your identity and start identifying with your identity. There's a note that I want to say because oftentimes when we start to hear about following Jesus, we think about what do I have to give up? I'm going to start losing stuff. Man, I love Bob. Man, he's my best friend. But Bob is also always hinting at you being faithful to your wife. And he's always hinting about possibly having a side piece. And the Bible says to me that evil communication corrupts good character, good, good ways. You, you're not going to keep on. You, you, it's going to start to seem appealing to you. Because you become a student of Bob. And you're starting to see how Bob keeps it quiet. All right, ladies, he's he talking to us, too. Because, you know, I've discovered this. Sisters are able to keep a secret better. Somebody had to laugh on that. They said, yeah, because they still don't know about it. <laughs> Men get all nerdy, start stuttering. Oh, no, 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 that was, that was my cousin. <laughs> you ain't got no cousins in Texas. Ladies, oh, you know, this is my girlfriend. You know, she actually, she's a part of my book club and her, you know, and then so her brother, he actually led the club. So I was just actually speaking with him about the, the book club. Oh, oh, okay, the book club guy, yeah. He, he's, he's checking on the book at, at, at 11 at night, though? We still book clubbing at 11 p.m.? <laughs> Let's get on. Let me make my note here. The note, the note that I want to make here is that in Jesus, loss is gain and gain is loss. Slide, slide up to verse number. See, you, you don't want to miss this. Verse 24 and verse 25. He says, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Verse 25. For what profit is it? If a man, he gains the whole world and he himself is lost, destroyed. Do you realize it, that we will never own the whole world? And at best, we try to at least own our little part of the world. But he says, whatever you gained, if it takes or competes with gaining in me, you've lost. Because he says, when you give up, with Jesus, you gain. But when you gain and it doesn't align with his will, you lose. You take a L for the team, the team of you, yourself. Because ultimately, we have to understand that when we come to Jesus, we got to look back at what we was, what we were, and say, I counted loss. Philippians chapter Three, verse 8. Here's what the Apostle Paul has to say. To save time, I'm not going to wait for you to turn there, but just please make a note of that. Philippians chapter 8, verse, verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 8, it says, Yet indeed I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, 
that I may just gain Christ. He said, listen, everything that I've accomplished in the past, I counted rubbish that I may be able to gain more of Christ. Which now having made that statement and read that passage, I have a question for you today. What are you holding on to that the Holy Spirit is telling you to let go? You're still wrestling and fighting with the Spirit. He keeps on saying, no, he brings conviction. Every time you go, ah. What are we holding on to? And the Holy Spirit is saying, let it go. While, you, while you're pondering that question, let me move on to my point number two. Point two for today is this. It's important for us to understand the price of discipleship. The price of discipleship. So I want you to understand that as we leave, because following Jesus would undoubtedly require us to give up some things. And this is actually the price of discipleship. The price of discipleship is our understanding of what is it that I need to deny myself that I may have more of Christ. Because when we think about discipleship and Jesus, through Jesus' definition, there's three things we must understand. Jesus defines discipleship through three terms, deny, die, follow. Say that with me, deny, die, follow. One more time. Deny, die, follow. Those are the three terms that Jesus defines discipleship, and he does that in our text. When we think about deny, I, want to, I know, I think we all understand die. I think we all understand follow. So we, you know, going back to even kindergarten, they, they, put, they teach you how to follow because they say, get in line, we're going to the bathroom. Follow the person in front of you, right? So we understand follow, we understand die, but sometimes we don't quite understand deny. So let's, let's, here's, here's a couple things to, to understand about deny. Deny is to disown, to abstain, to renounce or abandon. When we talk about deny, the definition of deny means to disown it, to abstain from it, to renounce it or abandon it. So when he says to deny, he's saying, this is the price, salvation is free, but the price of follow me is denying. Now, the question that I want to answer for you, because said, man, that seems like it's too expensive. But I want to declare to you today that the price is right because it's reasonable. Turn, if you would, to Romans chapter 12, verse number one. We won't take long, and if, you, if it, I'm going to go and start reading while you're getting there, and I know many of you are on electric, electronics anyway. So Romans chapter 12, verse 1, here's what the Paul says. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present your, your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is what? Your reasonable service. He said the price of following Jesus is reasonable. So whatever it costs you to give up, it's worth it. Now, growing up, I've got a prop, as y'all can see now. Growing up, my mom loved The Price is Right. The Price is Right premiered in 1972. 
September the 4th, she didn't miss a day. We didn't miss a day because the one TV <laughs> was on the Price is Right every day. Bob Barker, Bob Barker was the host. He hosted from 1972 to, to 2007. I thought Bob Barker was like a distant uncle. He was so familiar in our house. Bob Barker, he come out, he had that smile. The hair turned white, it was looking nice. Solid white hair. It's like, man, look at this guy. Always very dapper. So today, to help us understand the principle that the price is right because it's reasonable, but to help us to understand the price of discipleship, I have called on some contestants. <laughs> and so the, one of the things about the price is right that made it special is they had a catchphrase that sparked excitement and jubilation. They would say, come on down. And the persons out in the audience, for those that are younger, you don't know this show, it's on, it used to be on CBS, I'm not sure what channel it's on now, but they would say, come on down. So the persons would be randomly chosen. And when their name was called, they would jump up with jubilation, they'd run down to the stage because they have a chance to win. I'm gonna mimic that. So I'm gonna start with this. Toyin, come on down. Our next contestant, Josetta, come on down. Our third contestant of the day is Bernice, come on down. Our next contestant, Kaden, come on down. And our final contestant of the day is Taya, come on down. Each one of you have been chosen, not randomly, I chose you before service, <laughs> to come and participate in this prop. I'm going to explain to you the game. The game is the price. Guess the right price. What you'll have to do when your turn comes, you will step forward and choose one of the products on the table. And I'll ask you a question. The question will be, is the price on that's listed the actual price or is the actual retail price higher or lower? Does everyone understand that? So I'm gonna ask you that question. Do you believe the price that's there is either the actual price or is the price higher or lower, okay? Ty, with you being the youngest, I'm gonna let you start first. Would you come please step forward? Let's give Ty a hand, everyone. Which product would you like to, to, to choose? The gummy bears. Would you say that again? The gummy bears. The gummy bears. We have Albanese World's Best Ultimate Eight Flavor Gummy Bears. <laughs> the price listed is $3.49. Would you say the actual retail price, that's the actual price, or is the actual price higher or lower? The actual price. Okay, so you believe that the price here is the actual price? Yes. Let's reveal the actual price. The actual price is $3.99. Thank you for participating, Taya. Thank you. But since you're so cute, here, go ahead and take it anyway. Yay, thank you. Next, we have Benice. 
Bernice, which product would you like to choose? It's not shopping. You're just going to play the game. You're just, you're just playing the game. Is this the one you're going to play? Russell Stover's, Russell Stover's Assorted Fine Chocolates. The price listed there is $4.29. Do you believe that's the actual price or is the actual price higher or lower? Higher. The actual price is higher. Let's reveal the real price and it is $4.49. You win. <laughs> Wonderful. All right, Josetta, you're next. She's going to do Tate's Bake Shop Oatmeal Raisin Cookies all the way from Northampton's, New York. Or Southampton's. <laughs> the, the price listed is four, four, $5.49. Is that the actual price or is the actual price higher or lower? Lower. She says lower, and the actual price is higher. $5.99. But since we're giving, you can take those, please. All right, now, Caden, you're up next. He said, why don't you make me last? Because you're not shopping, sir. You're playing the game. Next, which would you choose? We have the Snickers Candy Pop Popcorn. The price listed is $4. Is that the actual price or is the price actual price higher or lower? Higher. The actual price he says is higher and let's see, it is actually higher, $4.49. Great job and you win. Thank you, thank you so much. Last but not least, my boo, my baby girl, my wife, Toyin. Sorry, you don't have much choices. You can just choose them. So we have Nature's Garden milk chocolate covered pretzels. The, the price listed is $3.19. Is the actual retail price higher or lower than $3.19? I'm going to go with higher. She says higher, and upon revealing the actual price, we find it is it's higher. $3.99. You may take these, please. Thank you, each one of you, for your participation. So there's a point to all of this. There's a point to all of this because, stay, stay, because notice that no matter what they understood about when they came up and looked and saw what they believe it cost, in each case, the price was higher than they anticipated. Because no matter who you are, when you come to Jesus, you don't know what the price is going to be because you don't know what God's going to say. These are things I need. But you got to understand the price will be higher than you expected. Why? Because when you come, you think salvation is free. But he says, but following me has a price. And no matter what you think it is, it's going to be higher because your first nature is to do as water. Follow the path of least resistance. You ain't giving up nothing, Jesus. Just glad to be with you. And then he starts saying, okay, but I got some things I want you to die because 
Next note is this. Dying to self is the right price for following Jesus. So no matter what the price is, because we looked at these products and each one of them has a value based upon what the manufacturer took to produce them the, and, and all the labor that went into it and, and even the, 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 the elements that were necessary in order to create it. But God is the one who determines what it looks like to follow his son for you particularly. That leads us to our third and final point for the day. Following Jesus is a daily decision. You come forward, you make your decision, you say, I've decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. But each morning you have to rise and say, today I follow Jesus. Today I follow Jesus. Because here's the thing that you must leave today with. Salvation is free, but discipleship has a cost. Because what I, he says, my ways are not your ways and my thoughts are not your thoughts. So when you come to me, you're going to come to me with your thoughts. But the process of discipleship helps to change my way of thinking, which changed my way of desire, which changed my way of doing. See, things I used to do and I desire to do them with all my heart. Now I don't want to do them even when they present themselves. Verse 23 through 24 in Luke chapter 9. Then he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, verse 23, let them deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. So here's the thing that I want you to make sure you are settled on today as you leave. We have to be every day pressing forth. Every day pressing forth. Say that with me. Every day pressing forth. God has purposed that you move forward. Here's what the word says. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. God speaks into your life. It's always intended to move you forward. Not back to what you used to be. Here's what we, we understand. I'm going to read this and we'll be done. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 through 14. Here's what the, the Apostle Paul says. Not that I've already obtained, attained or I am already perfected. He said, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. God is calling us. We were down, heading. We were in sin and heading downward because we were on our way to hell. But now that we've come to know Jesus, we should be pressing upward. Set your affections upon things that are above and not upon things on the earth. That wraps up another awesome word. If you're in need of prayer, counsel, or if we can assist in any way, please don't hesitate to ask. If you would like to join, contact us, or receive these and other sermon notes, visit us at amitybc.org. Until next week, be blessed.